Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's Matt Johnson. We're back with another episode of the Team Building Podcast. We've got a phenomenal guest with us today. We're going to talk about how he's generating around 1,000 leads a month for his agents and how he's built up his team. And his team has sold around a billion dollars in real estate over the last five to six years. We're going to talk about how he's done that, as well as what his next steps are, uh, transitioning over to uh, uh, his new office space that he's building out himself. He's got space for uh, essentially making it the uh, the Google of, uh, of real estate sales offices. So I know him and Jeff have a lot of notes uh, to compare on this uh, this topic of, uh, of attracting and retaining great agents by having a great physical space where they can show up to. And we've got a bunch of stuff to, uh, to talk about with him. Before we get to him, the man, the myth, the legend, Jeff Cohn. Jeff, what is up? Hey, what's going on, you guys? I'm pumped about this episode. Um, I was very curious when we were in our pre-meeting talking about the production and how he said that he did over a billion dollars in the last five years. Anyone that hears that's going to start getting pretty excited. I had to, just because of my high D personality back to the disc, I had to compare my last five and I think we're probably only like five or 600 million. So I'm excited to interview you selfishly uh, to find out how we need to better improve our team and be a little bit more like you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, for sure. So, Sam, you're the president and founder of One Real Estate, and we'll talk about how that came to be. But give us, uh, take us back a little bit, give everybody a sense of kind of where you've come from to get to the point where you're at today, and then we'll talk a little bit more about what your team looks like. Yeah, I got into real estate when I was 18 years old, as soon as I was legal to have get a license. Uh, so, you know, I loved wheeling and dealing, started working when I was 13 years old at a pizza place. I remember when I was cooking at Applebee's, uh, at 16 when the age of when it was 18, uh, you know, while my friends were out there playing and going partying and whatnot, I was making money. Um, you know, I didn't want, I didn't want to hear the word no from my parents. So I figured out whatever I could do to, to get out there and get a job and, and, uh, take care of my responsibilities. Uh, so at a young age, as soon as 18 hit, 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 came around, I got my license. Uh, I remember my parents moved back to the Middle East and I took over my dad's uh, real estate company and, and mortgage company at the time. Uh, it was a small mom and pop shop here in Rockville, Maryland. Uh, we serviced Maryland, DC and Virginia at the time. Um, and just kind of took my aspirations and my entrepreneurship mind, um, and built something with it. I mean, real estate was kind of, I love the wheeling and dealing the hustle. Um, you know, obviously taking care of people and, and, and moving big weight, um, uh, of property, um, kind of found my niche. Um, and, and with that, you know, kind of, kind of, I remember doing my first deal on my own. Somebody called the office. And uh, said, you know, hey, I have this commercial property to sell. I remember uh, putting the person on hold and going to my dad. It's like, do we sell commercial? He's like, look at your business card. It said business management, property management, commercial, residential. Called the lady back. I was like, I'll be there in two minutes. And uh, we were AK Real Estate at the time. So it was, AK was the first one on the yellow pages. There was no Google. There was no AOL. There was no nothing in 1999. Um, and ultimately, you know, I made my first transaction. Um, so, you know, it was pretty cool. I mean, I remember... You know, my second deal at one point I was out back throwing trash out because I was working at a pizza place uh, down in Rockville, Maryland. And the guy was like, I want to buy a foreclosure. I was like, what the hell is a foreclosure? Uh, figured that out, uh, you know, made 5,000 bucks. And then I quit, never turned back again. I cannot stand looking at the clock. 
could not stand looking at the clock saying, I got to be at work in two more hours and one more hour. Oh my God. I hate uh. it. So no turning back after that. So 18 years old, right out of high school, wheeling and dealing in a huge world, you know, and maybe having too much fun and kind of grew from there and kind of opened up my own branch a couple of years later and started to add some more agents and start adding more value. Uh, you know, I was running, like I said, the mortgage company and the real estate side, you know, looking for, you know, kind of started with friends and family as, as agents and, and kind of started picking up from there. And, and soon to be, I had a big office, uh, almost 5,000 square feet running mortgages, running real estate, um, and really kind of hitting it out of the park. And this was back in the early 2000s when the market was like hot fire. If you were breathing, you got a loan. And everyone <laughs> who had a friend had a deal. So, you know, we went through some crazy, crazy times. Uh, through that time, you know, I started on my own, had a couple agents, and mm-hmm. got to a place where in about 2000, um, 2012, I opened an office downtown in Washington, D.C. I said to myself, I'm going to go global. I got to be somewhere where everyone knows. If you went to Africa and asked a giraffe where the White House was, they would know. They wouldn't know where Germantown, Maryland was. So I said, you know what? Let's take it down to Washington, D.C. and start building the brand because as a mom and pop shop, independent brokerage, who wants what kind of value did I have versus the large conglomerate real estate brokerages? I didn't really have much. So I had to get down to D.C., build that office, build that brand. And that's when I started getting into the online generation world. Uh, because at the end of the day, a broker has a duty to do what? Just supervise. Um, and for me, okay, well, why would somebody want to work with me? Why not go out there and, and start getting some added value? And that's when I ran into Zillow. Um, so bought my first zip code for 105 bucks and, uh, you know, started getting some leads and said, okay, I need some more help and start hiring more agents and start taking off from there. You know, six, five years later from that, you know, almost a billion dollars sold, uh, 40 agents, one COO and general counsel, three admins. Uh, and we're, op- we're about to open a new retail space, and uh, the world's ours. <laughs> That's awesome. There's a lot to a uh, lot to dive into there. Goodness, uh, Jeff, anything you that strikes you right off the bat? Yeah. So I, I just I have a hundred questions. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's rocket fire them. Yeah, just exactly. uh, pick it. Understanding a little more from uh, what your team looks like today, and of course, we always like to understand the journey. I loved you sharing about the type of jobs you were willing to work back when you were 15, 16, 17, and even maybe stretching some rules to be able to work there. You and I have really similar stories, and I think a lot of high-producing individuals also share a lot of these similar things. Who wants to look at a clock on what time they get to work or what time they have to leave work? We want to control our destiny. But the truth is, most of us, not me either, the truth is most of us work even harder when we're building our dream. It's just hard to look at a clock and have to build somebody else's. So anyone listening to this, I mean, I'm sure in some ways you're, you're looking at a clock or you're working somebody else's dream, live your dream, pursue your, pursue your dream. And obviously uh, you've done a great job at that. Um, as far as how the team's structured today, you said Thank 40 you. agents, three admin, one general counsel. Share with us what the general counsel is. Obviously that's an attorney. Are you an attorney state? And so you're not mm-hmm. using title, you're using an attorney to do your closings. Or how, is the, how is that person a part of your team? Well, I felt like as we continue to grow, there's always an X on your back, right? I mean, everyone's looking for you to fail. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I don't have the time to, you know, as an agent, you're also a therapist, a babysitter, a psychologist, a doctor. I throw the trash out. I'm a contractor. You name it, I'm that, right? Yeah. So ultimately, I can't really be the lawyer. So I had I had a great opportunity to meet some amazing people. And uh, about three years ago, I, I hired my, my, my COO, someone to run my company who's also an attorney, 14-year defense mm-hmm. attorney. She's amazing, um, and she's the backbone of our business. So at the end of the day, for me, who's an OCD control freak, to let go of my business, somebody to run it was, I mean, maybe I graduated from the, from the OCD world, 
a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but having her, she basically runs our books. She runs, she does quality control, handles all the all the issues, good stuff. I mean, basically, she she's the engine that runs this company. Um, mm-hmm. While I'm still an active agent, broker, and the entrepreneur of the business, I'm able to go out and, and handle my listings, handle my buyers, go and meet, make the relationships, handle the different vendors that we deal with. You know, be there for the agents, do trainings um, while she's basically running the show. Um, we do about 500 plus transactions a year uh, with a couple admins and a COO, general counsel. I mean, that's pretty phenomenal to be able to have, you know, we have a well-oiled machine. She came in, she changed our whole database, our systems. Um, and I think, we're, you know, she's a huge focal point in our business for legitimacy uh, and protection. I mean, in, what, in 604 transactions last year, we had no problems. I mean, that is a feat. I can't say American Airlines can say the same thing. You guys did 604 units last year. Uh, that's pretty funny. We did 601. So you beat Boom, us by gotcha. three units last year. <laughs> this year we're at 700. Uh, to date, I think we'll hit 750, but you've got us in your average sales price. So share with the audience, what is your guys' average sales price? And what's the traditional sale that your team is representing? I know we probably both do a lot of different types of sales, but what's the traditional? Sure. I mean, Washington, we do we, Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia real estate. It's a very high-end area. The average price point, it's a blend. It's about $425,000. Um, you know, we had the multi-million dollar market. You had the lower market. But on average, on that many units, uh, we're doing over $200 million in sales. It's about 425000 including some rentals in there. Um, you know, that's basically a, it's a good size price point. Okay. But it doesn't and get you much. It doesn't get you much around here, though. <laughs> no. You're working as the visionary, the CEO. Um, sounds like you're the kind of the motivational speaker for the team. You're also leading the trainings. Are you also holding everyone accountable to working these Internet leads, or do you have someone who does that function? Yeah. So basically, yes, I'm out there on the grind leading by example. I have not taken a, taken a lead in four years. Uh, okay. because one of, one of my leads from Zillow, his name is Hovick is my, I made him, I made him into an agent. I said, look, you are amazing. You and your wife are rock stars. Why don't you come on and join our team? And I can, and he's like, why would I do that? I, said, I can give you leads. He's like, okay. So he left his high paying job as an executive at a bank, um, and brought him here. And after I think three years now, he's sold over $75 million for me. Um, nice. and he's become one of our team leaders. So our makeup is the leads come from the cloud, trickle into our CRM. And then I have three team leaders that have six to seven agents on each team um, for for people taking the leads. The leads are coming from my online profiles, from the Realtor.com, the Trulias, the Zillows, the Facebooks, the Googles of the world. Um, They filter into our online contact management system. And then they go to our team leads who are holding the agents accountable. They're Mm. basically our quarterbacks, our ISAs. But instead of going out there, which is one of the hardest things in this industry is finding an ISA that can sit still. Um, you know, and our, and also legally speaking, you have to have a license to talk about real estate in our area. So this has been the hardest part in my progression of real estate is finding the right quarterbacks to hand off the ball. I went through a couple scenarios where it used to be, I press a button and where you're licensed, you would get a notification to your phone and then you would get a lead. And then if you claim the lead, other people would find out you got the lead. But over time, you start to realize people start to get picky and cherry pick the different leads that are out there. And if you're not getting to a lead within one minute, two minutes, that lead is considered gone. So as, as of last year, I said, let me find the three best agents in my office. Let's, let's, let's put the agents that are taking leads under them and make it equal and then take seven days a week. And then when the leads come in, each team lead gets 24 hours a day of the leads. So that way they can schedule around it. They can do follow-ups. They can hold meetings. They can stay organized. Their team can be available. So each, every day, some team leader gets 24 hours a day of all the leads and it goes to the next guy. 
And then those and there's about seven, in, they, there's seven agents per team. And then that team lead can decide how they want to disperse those leads for that 24 hour period. Right? Exactly. So we have, we have, we have instant messaging capabilities. We know who's available, who's not. And sometimes a team lead may be busy and he'll give two, three hours of those leads that are coming in to the agent until they book a couple appointments and they pass it on. So why go through three, four to five different people? No one wants to be on hold. Everyone wants to talk to the person that has the answer and they want it now. So we've kind of figured out a way to do our own hybrid to maximize our leads. And with that being said, we close about 3.75% of every lead, of all the leads that we get. So that's a pretty damn good uh, conversion ratio because you know how it is in the online world. I don't care where you're getting your leads from. Not every lead's a lead. Some of the most 96% of them roughly are, are not leads. They're just scammers or people looky lose or whatnot, but it's all about retention and your systematic order. It's not about how much money you spend. It's about the people that you're building up and the systems and tools that you have in place. Yep. That's really good. Totally agree. So how, how, do the six, how often do those, the, how often do those quarterbacks, those three, the three people that you have in con, are you meeting with them weekly to review the numbers? Are they reviewing the numbers weekly with their six or seven people on each of their teams? So every Monday or Tuesday, they all meet with their, with their people. Um, mm-hmm. I'm on their instant messaging so I can tell when they're setting up appointments because uh, mm-hmm. the team lead is vetting the lead. You have a lender, do you have an agent, you know, they're setting up, the, they're booking the appointment for the, the, the team member. Um, so I'm basically involved in that. And I, I speak to them at least once every day, every other day, we're all keeping contact. Um, so I kind of have a lay of the land. I'm not a micromanager as much as I'm OCD and I'm a control freak because at the end of the day, it's just to thrive. That's why setting this team stuff up, you're holding the team leaders accountable. And if they're hitting their numbers, that's what makes sense. I could go crazy. I have over 110 zip codes on, on, on my profiles from, you know, all the systems that I'm using. That's a huge coverage area. There's no way I can sit behind a computer all day long. However, my guy, my director of business development, Hovick, has built us systems where we can do reporting. You press one button, you know where the leads came from, what we closed this month, what we closed in five minutes ago, which lenders work we worked with, what's the price points. I mean, we have great accounting uh, capability to see where the streams are going to make great decisions. And every quarter, we typically do a look back on our overall macro point of view of where the money is going so we can you know, move money around, maybe in better zip codes, higher price points, and make adjustments internally. Yep. Let me rocket fire a couple questions, Matt. Uh, one, what CRM are you using? Uh, I've used pretty much every single one. Uh, but right now, I moved from Boomtown to Commissions, Inc. All right. Sync. And then out of the 604 units last year, what percentage would you denote as internet leads? Uh, last year, 50%. And would you say the other however, 50%? However, can- however, however, let me just put it this way. 50% is coming from my profiles. 90% of our business in totality is coming from online because my agents also have profiles. Okay. Interesting. Great denotation. Um, we believe we function similarly. A third of our team's internet leads and two thirds is sphere out of the two thirds, a large percentage is also internet leads. They're just coming from the agent sphere. And so we count them as sphere because that's how they're paid out. So very similar to how we're operating here as well. And then I wanted to talk about the team leaders compensation. So number one, those team leads have agents under them. You said your team had 40 agents total, but there were only three teams with around seven agents under them. How do you account for the other 20 agents? Are they just individuals that aren't taking internet leads that are on your team? Yeah. So last year when I was telling you the model shifted, I started noticing some leads were not getting claimed right away and it would go in a cycle after five minutes. So that's when I identified of the 40, only a certain amount were taking leads. Yep. And the other ones, at, at some point, as you continue to teach and nurture, 
they're going to go and spend money on their own and work smarter, not harder. We make there's different commission splits for self-generated business, and there's different commission splits for leads. On the lead basis, we're paying 50% out, 10% to the team lead, 40% to the team member, and the house is getting the other 50. On the self-generated uh, commission splits, you're making between 70, 75, 80, 85% commission on the self-gen business. So the right thing to do is as, as you go, you get older and you get more experienced, you're going to put some money into these profiles and you're going to make double the commission. So I realized that most, some people were not doing that. And yes, we have agents that are doing individual business and agents that are on the teams that are also doing individual business because the team leads are not really making money on their individual business. It's all a hybrid model of team for just the lead stuff. Samir, do you realize you're running the exact same operation I'm running in Omaha? <laughs> and I want to oh say God. you stole everything from me, but we're, I think you're doing more deals <laughs> than me. So I, it's ridiculous, dude. So um, we have teams within teams. I have 12 team leaders. They have to build their own team, but they get a they get boomtown days. We just call them lead days. And then they're the ones responsible for holding their sub agents accountable. Um, I think the function of eight team leads, I think, is excellent. Uh, we do have a success manager who oversees every lead that our company ever sends out to the team leaders. And it seems like that's the function you're playing. That was something I had done for a long time and it was bogging me down because I'm also a control freak, freak and OCD and I didn't want to lose any leads. Um, when we're giving out about, we find it, the numbers about 30 to 40 leads a month per individual real estate agent. We can convert our best conversion ever was at 3%. Right now we're giving out about 60 leads a month per agent. Our dysfunction is we need more agents to take leads. We've never had yeah, a lead problem. It's just a lead conversion problem. And you know you can create more leads by spending more money, but you have to have infrastructure and people on, in place to work the leads. So now we're at like a 1.5% conversion ratio, and the agents seem to be cherry-picking a little bit more. Things get a little bit easier the more leads that we're dumping on them. Um, and yeah. I'm glad you agree. That's kind of the number that I've seen from agents that are actually tracking. And you're one of the only probably five agents I've ever interviewed that has a pretty good hand, handle on the analytics. So good job. Well, yeah. let, me, let me say this. Let me say this. Over time, as a good uh, leader in the back end, Every year over year, my my average price point when I first started was around two hundred fifty thousand. Now it's over four twenty five. So not my percentage of my profile of my portfolio has gone down year over year because my agents have picked up on their own. So as a broker, I'm winning, but maybe I'm losing from my end. But that's what brought them into the office. So there's other uh, tangible assets from that. Um, yeah. But ultimately, um, at four hundred twenty five thousand, like this year, I'm I'm going to close about two hundred fifty million dollars in sales, about seven hundred units. And I would say about one third of that volume will be from my leads, but my price points are almost $100,000 more than last year. So it's really relatively the same, right? However, as the leader, my babies are all growing up and they're doing really well. Um, I'm all good either way. Yeah. Awesome. Um, can anyone elect to be a team leader? Like if there was an agent within one of those teams that was doing a really great job, are you thinking like over the next couple of years that you'll have five teams, eight teams, 12 teams? Well, I mean, just to give you a real life uh, examples, I had two team leaders uh, up until about a couple of weeks ago where we had one of the agents that we hired a couple of years ago stepped up and said, hey, I want to build a team. And then we kind of took some agents from the other two teams and funneled it into making a third team, uh, mm -hmm. which was way better. And so, listen, I love motivation. Anyone that comes to me and says, I want to do this, I'm all about it. I don't want to be the one picking you. It's not everyone's a leader in this world. And that's OK. Um, and that's, you know, but so yes, I, anyone that wants to come to me that we deem fit, you have to also be able to, we have to trust you to do that because look, you have to lead by example. We don't want to work in any industry. If we can't give someone our all, whether you're our client, whether you're our agent or family member, uh, unless we can give you 110%. Right. 
Agreed. If you're a team leader, you get compensated just as a reiteration, 10% for any internet lead you generate that their sub team agent converts. What if that sub agent generates a lead from their own personal sphere of influence? How is the team leader compensated? Nothing. So then does that de-incentivize the team leader from holding those sub agents accountable to working their sphere of influence if they're not making anything on that conversion? Well, I mean, I understand what you're saying. It's just a matter of the hybrid of the team. I mean, one of the teams has a, a style where they're going to take some self-generated business. But overall, the way our hybrid is, is just based on leads. However, I really believe that this this next two months, that'll shift where they'll make money on their self-gen business and the lead business. Because really, everything is uh, an audition, right? So one thing you have to do for an agent to take uh, – we used to give agents 50%, by the way. They all came down to 40 in this new transition. So that by, you know, you don't want to mess with anybody's money ever. So right. by them coming down, now it's almost been a year and the audition is about to be final. Then you can start to change that a little bit to make it more logistically a real team where everyone, because the team lead has to show up, right? You have to see that what they're doing, are they adding a value for you? And we, we have the retention is there and people are excited. People are happy. People are making money uh, in a very tough industry. Yep. And I think we will align ourselves to do that. We have a test pilot, we have the audition and the numbers are not lying. So I, cool. I believe we're going to get to that part very soon. Cool. Yep. And to share with you where we're at. So our teams um, self create, if they do $4 million in production or more, there's a few other expectations to be a team leader, but the leads that flow through that team that I generate, um, I only keep 40% and I let the team leader keep 10. So I was a 50, 50 split with the team lead. So if the team lead converts, it's 50, 50. If one of their sub agents converts, it's still 50. Uh, they still get, sorry, the sub agent gets 50 the team leader gets 10 and I get 40. So I took a 10% loss because I wanted the team leader and their sub agent to get commissioned out at 50, 50% if they were to convert any of my deals. But because the team leader is holding them accountable to my leads, I wanted to give them a 10% blip. The difference is when those sub agents who, by the way, the team leader recruited, hired and retained, they, uh, when that sub agent does a lead, uh, a deal from their sphere of influence, they're going to start off at a commission split of 50, 50 and they cap at 70, 30. So the team leads always making at least 10% on that sphere business. And then the team leader can make up to 30% um, if their sub agents had a 50, 50 split, or if the team leader generates a lead to their sub agent from their own internet leads, they'll also keep the same amount that I would otherwise keep. So I know the commissions yeah, and, can, and, and, can get and, confusing. And, and just to throw that out there, my, all my team leaders are also spending $15,000 or more a month on their own leads that are dumping into the same model okay. that I'm doing. And, and you're allowing the them time, to keep. Yeah, it's fine, yep. man. At the end of the day, like it's all about, it's not a competition. It, that's why our company's called one real estate, one team, one goal, one vision, right? One. Um, and so right. it's kind of in that culture, but also the team leads have the right to do their own business. And most of my team leads have sold already 15 to $25 million this year and running their teams. They're yep. balling. Can, nice. can they add agents to their team that are their agents or would everybody that gets hired under your company be your agent? Well, at the end of the day, we're all independent contractors, right? So mine, yours, hers, it's all, you know, kind of the same, but ultimately everything has to come through us before they are hired. I'm not the, you know, my office is not like, I put it this way. Like if you're breathing and you have a license, you can get a job anywhere, but we don't have ads out. We are very people based. It's all about talent. I don't care about your resume. I care about you and your goals and your integrity and, and how you're going to wear this company on your sleeve. When I make decisions in life, I make decisions as a whole for the entire company, my family. And I expect that from every single person I'm around, because if they're not eating, breathing and, and feeling this, this lifestyle, this movement, this culture push, then this is, this is, I'm not for you. And I'm not going to be the leader that you're going to be around. 
Right. So a big difference. I think a lot of teams, um, I, I, we created about 18 months ago, the idea that agents could build teams within our team. I think the difference between your team leader and mine is my, I'm, you're building your team leaders funnel of agents for the most part. Um, we're allowing our team leaders to build their own funnel. The big difference there is though, you're getting to keep all of the commission from those sub agents sphere. Whereas my team leader gets to keep a majority of the commission from their sub agent sphere. And I, I could see going into the future. Um, and the reason I'm breaking all this down is our national audience is asking themselves, do we do this? Do we not? How do we want to do it? And everyone gets to choose for themselves what's going to make the most sense for you. The fear I always have, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this, Samir, is what happens when that sub team leader, um, five, six years down the road, who's running this very successful sub team, it gets upset that they're not keeping any of the sub agent sphere business. They're only getting to yeah. make a commission off of the internet leads. Do they get rubbed the wrong way and say, Hey, you know, maybe I'm going to go do what Samir did and start my own team. So I can be making all this additional revenue off of the sub agent sphere of influence. And would you consider letting them keep a small percentage of that? Well, look, I'm a very open-minded person. Uh, you know, I respect the person that comes to my face and, and says it to me versus the one that cries and whines behind the scenes. I don't appreciate that. I'll respect you. I don't care if, even if I don't like what you're saying. I like you coming to my face. And anyone that knows me knows that I'll listen, and I love that back and forth. Um, but look, it, when running a business, sometimes people ask, why do you share all this information? Why do you do all this? At the end of the day, I know I'm me, and they're not me. And you have to work. You know, you can't own the sports team without, you know, it would just, you know, you, you can't just own the sports team without trying out, right? Um, so look, I'm down for whatever that makes sense. I'm not, I'm going to always be the one that's going to support whoever. And if they have a plan and they have goals and the biggest fear for me is are, when they build their team and they go to another company, right. And they just do their own thing. But at the end of the day, you have to know what you have and what value you bring to the table. And by being a leader in any industry, I make the choice to give, I don't have sometimes to get back. And that is a, it's not a fear that I'm worried about. It's something that I expect to happen. And when you yep. expect it to happen, it is what it is. I know where I'm going in life. I'm going this way, which is up with or without anyone, because I, I, I trust myself. And ultimately, if they want to be a part of it, great. But if you hesitate around me, it's over. Yep. I love it, man. And I love that sentiment. And that's my belief, too. Um, teams are built on recruiting, training, and retaining by offering value. We've allowed teams within our team with the belief that they'll stay because they can net more money, working less time, and leading and living the life of their dreams. That's the culture we built. And so teams can leave and get a better commission. They might net more per transaction, but the infrastructure they're then going to have to build, the culture they're going to have to build, um, and then just staying motivated in and of itself on their own. I, we found as people have left, even with teams, they have not succeeded at as high of a level as they're able to su succeed at within. And I shared in the sentiment that I'm going to achieve a, a, a high level. Do you want to be on the ship or don't you? And independent of them choosing to stay or go, I'm going to continue growing. And that's my mindset as well. So, dude, we, we align on a lot of things. So let's get into Internet leads. You, you talked about Zillow for a moment. Where, of, where are some other sources outside of Zillow that you're generating leads right now? I mean, right now, Zillow has been my creme de la creme. It's the A paper. It's the best um, out there, at least for us. Um, very successful on that. Should have, you know, one of the biggest profiles in the country on that site. Um, you know, they've been phenomenal as a, as a technology leader and with products. And of course, it's not about how much money you spend. You also be good at what you do, right? Um, but Zillow obviously owns the Truly as well. So it's called the Zillow Group. Um, so we get leads from there as well. But 80-20 ratio, Zillow versus Trulia. Um, we have a small presence on Realtor.com. Uh, we're doing some Facebook advertising. We were doing Boomtown leads as well, SEO, SMO. Um, and, and really, that's about it. I mean, you know, obviously Zillow owns Hotpad and some other stuff. There's really not much out there 
when it comes to choices. Um, you're kind of boxed in. Um, so even, you know, now that we're going to sync, uh, commissions inc, we'll, we'll start to increase that right there. And that's going to include the Google leads and the Facebook leads and sponsored ads and whatnot and how they drive traffic. There's really nothing out there to me, um, you know, that's worth moving my money. I spend right now 75,000 a month on leads. Okay. And I've been consistently spending that type of money, uh, for a long time. If you want to be exact 60,000 on Zillow, uh, 10,000 on realtor. 5,000 on the CRM and, and some internet leads, which is a, which is a crap load of money. But at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, adding value and getting a return. I always say to my team leaders, find me something else to spend money on. I got the budget and I'm willing to spend more money, but there's really nothing on the table for me to do that. So hmm. as things go on and I don't see it evolving anymore, if anything, it could condense more. Yeah. What is Amazon going to do? I don't know what, you know, what's Google right. going to do? Is there something else that's going to happen? At the end of the day, you know what's out there. I know what's out there. There's not many other choices. I'm not going to go door, knock on your door. I'm not going to send you that stupid calendar and that magnet with your with, their, with your NFL pro team. Okay, I'm just not yep. going to do it. I know right. I was doing advertising at the Washington Wizards Stadium uh, for a couple of years. I had all the courtside seats with my logo on it, um, and that was cool. But that's not that was just about branding play. I knew I wasn't going to get my money back. Uh, but yep. the best the best advertising is your agents, the ambassadors that are on the ground. The, the hundreds and hundreds of deals they close and the connections those make and everyone that touches it. Yep. Totally agree. So 60,000 a month towards Zillow, you obviously have a heavy spend in, in that arena. Um, if that went away today, where would you reallocate $60,000? Uh, probably my pocket. <laughs> Just hold on to it, baby. <laughs> no, I so mean, Google, look, you, yeah. I was going to say is it, it's, it's, it comes back to the whole theory of there's not much else out there. I guess, I would still want to have some internet leads in my office. Um, you know, direct mail. I used to do that back in the day. Call centers. That was back in the day. There's really not much. I mean, I would just kind of throw it, get, get with my people and see where they want to move this money. But we've always had this conversation and it's very hard to tell you where it's going to go besides save it and maybe take a step back and look around because I don't know. I mean, I'm not a stupid guy and I you trust me when you're on these internet sites, everyone calls you it becomes the yellow pages of the internet, right? So it's not like, there's not much out there that I would just dive right into it right away. I'd have to take some yeah. time and take a step back, but there's not yeah, much else. Yeah. So from a conversion standpoint, have you seen a different relationship between conversion when you look at Zillow versus Realtor.com versus Boomtown's you know, Google ad spend or Facebook ads? Is there a difference in conversion from each of these lead sources, or would you say net-net they're all about the same? No, I think Zillow is definitely the highest. Um, I think realtor.com is about, I, I closed about maybe 1.75%, about okay. half of my conversion on Zillow. Um, you know, obviously my, my realtor.com leads are about maybe one fourth the cost. So there's, it could, you could say it's relatively the same if you're not paying quadruple. Um, right. but you know, apples to apples, Zillow by far has the best conversion for me. Uh, realtor.com is second. Um, and then like the, the, the leads that we get automatically from the boom towns and the sinks, um, they're clean. I mean, they're just uh, online registered leads and, you know, we're working on those. Those are going to, those are slow dollar costs. So the conversion yep. is going to be good on those. What do you, do you mind me asking, what are you spending um, to acquire a Zillow lead? I mean, 60 grand a month. How many leads is that? And then also out of the conversion, how much are you spending ultimately to close one deal? What are you paying for to close well, a Zillow deal versus a realtor.com deal versus a Google ad deal? Well, I'm getting about um, 150, 200 leads a month from realtor.com at around $10,000 spent. 
Um, so you just divide that and you'll get the numbers for per co- the CPC cost per contact. Um, on Zillow, I'm getting roughly 700 leads a month uh, from them at $60,000. Um, so what is that? Around $88 a, a lead or so. Um, but of course, some, some areas are 150. I mean, just, it's a blended average. Um, right. And so, so, I mean, right now I had numbers around 2,500 to three grand on average per Zillow closed transaction uh, for me. But remember my average sale is around 425,000 at two and a half percent, not 3%. Um, it's about 10 grand and we're giving out. So, I mean, we're, we're, I'm making a 2X ROI, yeah, 2X ROI at, least. at the end of the day would blended over the year period. Um, yep. But remember, the leads are what drives people in the door and ultimately have value from them. Years ago, people came in because of the leads. These days, they're knocking on our door because they want to be around successful people. No one's right. leading with, I need leads. I want to come here for leads. And I also, agree with you. That's not, that's, not, that's not the sell anymore. You Don't come in here for leads. This isn't a charity. You know what I mean? Okay. It's more of use this as laying seeds for the future and then later develop it and go. And we have 40 examples of that in the office that have kind of taken their foundations, learned what's going on and kept on growing and they're on the right path. Yep. Have you built any strategic relationships to help you cover some of the cost for this lead generation campaign? Yeah, of course. I mean, look, we have great lenders in play from a Goldwater Bank to McLean Mortgage here in the Maryland, DC, Virginia area uh, that are, co- are, are uh, their co-marketers with us online uh, through the Zillow co-marketing, um, mm-hmm. you know, so we're working with those guys. I mean, it's really critical to have the re- – everyone has relationships, right? Everyone has a home inspector, an appraiser, a title company. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's all about service and closing deals. I'm, I could, yeah. I'm sure I could find many, many people to give us a lot, a lot of money when it comes to co-marketing. But what's important is the service, the clients are happy, and there's longevity. I hate to go back every quarter and refine, find another banker and find this. And luckily enough, we've had some amazing guys – that aren't padding their rates like other banks out yep. there to make this income happen. You know, our clients should not suffer because of what our needs and wants are. There's always, yep. it's always out there, but greed always takes shape somehow. Uh, but luckily we have, you know, it's only a small percentage of my entire spend. It's less than 25% uh, when you think about it, um, which is very low when it comes to me. I get calls all the time to work with certain people, um, yep. but ultimately it's all about service and experience and is the customer happy. Speaking to your PL last year, what percentage went to agent commission? What percentage went to lead gen? And about what percentage of your gross commission income did you keep as net profit? Well, I mean, I think we, we, we paid out almost $6 million last year um, in commissions um, based on our $217.8 million in sales. What was your GCI um, you know, last year? It was uh, $6 million. $6 million was what we paid out. We had $217.8 million. Uh, and I recall we, we, we paid out, we made over $6 million in uh, gross commissions to the office. Okay. Um, and with that, we paid out, I mean, look, on 50% of it was lead-based, so 50% of it came back to the house, right, um, of those numbers. And then you have the average agent right now in my office is we're probably making around 12.5% um, off of their self-gen commission when it comes down to it. Um, so, I mean, we, we, we made six-figure income. Uh, but at the end of the day, all that money is getting reinvested in the infrastructure and the new office and everything else. So, I mean, I haven't paid myself a salary in years. Um, I don't even know what that is anymore. So ultimately, the only way I make money these days is when I go out and close my own transactions. I mean, I closed $25 million last year by myself uh, and still leading this company. And this year, I already sold $20 million already, and I have my own 19 listings. So I'm also a realtor, the broker, uh, you know, the entrepreneur, and leading by example. I hate to lose. I hate to be second place. Uh, but right now, 
Um, you know, it's all about the future. To me, after 19 years of real estate, my first day of school is going to start in about a week or two when we open our new office. Um, even though we've transitioned already and kind of have our new entity, um, I'm really excited about that. And for me, having my own entity in totality is going to allow me to work on expansion. I believe that, you know, yes, you know, I've been taking a sacrifice for a long time and maybe some people get there faster, but everyone writes their own story, right? So this is mine. And ultimately, once I opened this new office, that's why I, I, ch- I changed the company from to one real estate, uh, one team, one goal, one vision, one, right? We're all, it's a culture, it's a movement, it's a lifestyle. There's no separation of life versus business. It's all the same. So why not it create a culture, a fun environment in a very hard business? We already know real estate is a roller coaster ride from hell, okay? However, if you're good at it, you're going to be okay. But why not walk into a space, hear some lounge music, have a DJ booth, ping pong table, serve some amazing coffee, and put and build that virtual boardroom that makes it more sexy? And yeah. I'm really excited about the new the new venture. Um, and, cool. and for me, I see the expansion of the national level and the international level. So that's going to be the next steps. We have our foundations, but what's next? What are we going to do together? And who's going to grow from the inside the company to lead this business? So Samir, I'm going to challenge you a little bit on your, on your numbers. So it doesn't sound like the business foundation right now is really netting you a lot of money. 12%. Is that the number you kind of shared with me? And I mean, you're, I, I, you're I, not I, paying I, yourself. I, I, so you, you're living off of the sales that you have. Is that correct? I just, our national audience hears me ask the gross commission question. And the answer I usually get is, from a percentage and you're a numbers guy. So on your profit and loss statement that your business files, cause your brokerage makes obviously $6 million. You had to pay out 5 million or even more $5.5 million in commissions to your agents, leaving you guys a half a million. And then you had overhead expenses on top of that. And you said you pretty much just reinvest all of your profit back into the business. And that would have to be the case. Cause if you're actually taking down profit, the IRS is going to want to see that you are having to pay yourself, but you're not. So you're only making the commission that you're generating right now. Is that accurate? So what I'm making is when I, I'm spending the money on the leads. So this past year, all the leads coming from my personal credit card and then I'm paying it. So when I close those lead files, I'm taking a 1099 for that. So I oh, made good money on that. When it comes to the self-generated business that's closing at that 12% or so, I'm leaving that in because we have high salaries, we have high rent, uh, things like that. So I have not okay. taken a, a, a salary on the running of the business. However, because I'm invested the money into the leads, that's when I get my paycheck. So you, I make you money have a, only on my closed leads. So you're a lead generation company on the side. Do you have an additional LLC that your company pays a 50% referral to every time they convert one of those leads? Yeah. So basically I'm the referral company since I'm paying it for my personal credit card and then I'm getting that income as a 1099 income because that's the income I'm generating. So for me, I, everything that closes, uh, the company pays for itself and the money goes back into the office to pay the bills and to pay the salaries. And yes, we have exuberant amount of overhead, but I believe strongly that as we move to the new venture, that's when we're going to start to expand and really start to kill it. Right. So talk about your virtual boardroom. I'm curious to hear a little bit more about that. You're the first person I've ever heard that spoke to a virtual anything other than EXP um, and Elite Real Estate Systems, which is my coaching business that does virtual live stream training out of my Omaha office. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, I believe in life, man. It's like you never know. who. I'm, I'm a connector, right? I feel like if I walked away, a lot of people would walk away. I mean, no one's really tied to my old company or, or the new company if I wasn't there. And of course, that's going to be your testament to say, you know, do you have a thriving business if you can walk away from it? Of course, I'm too young to walk away. But as you continue in life, you meet certain people 
and you grow with them and you learn from them. And for me, it's all about, you know, having the right mentorship, knowing the four, five, six, seven, ten people that you can call with a certain question. You know, I luckily I'm, I've been blessed to have good people where I can pick up the phone and get information, feedback. Usually I'm the mentor, I'm the leader, I'm the one giving that information out. But as I continue to grow, I always had this mindset. If I put the right people together, we will grow, you know, from the COO who's an attorney to my, my team leaders, uh, to my other attorneys that I, outside of our business. Um, as I continue to build this new company, I want to actually have a true boardroom and not make it so virtual. I call it virtual. It's just a analogy, right? Uh, but coming together of the right minds in the, in one area to really grow together, even if you're not in the business. So my, it's just a collection of, of, of brains, collection of, of will and passion, um, and for the better good of, of just being the best of the best. Cool. One idea, um, and I share this with my national audience, anything you do great, um, you should record it so you can make it available to other people without ever having to do it again. Anything you teach or train, and you know this, um, one idea, and I, what I believe will be the office of the future is I do think it'll give millennials and uh, Z generation agents the ability to never have to go to a brick and mortar space. So as you build this out, one suggestion I'd make to you, and really it's to the national audience, is is that you consider um, uh, some type of a way to broadcast those meetings so that other people can access them virtually and then have a function in which they're recorded in some place so that someone can't watch live, they can go back and refer to it. We've been running that since January of this year. We put a $50,000 studio in my office and have made those available to all of my agents. And then we all actually started selling subscription access to other people all across the country. And we get about three to 400 views every training. And I hope that it becomes 30 or 40,000 views every training. But I think that'd be a huge value add for you guys in your marketplace. Well, having the retail space is going to allow us to have that 50 foot uh, frontage uh, space. where We're going to have buying seminars, selling seminars, uh, client awesome. appreciation events. I do think tanks every Wednesday, typically where I, I bring in any agents and we sit there and talk, we've recorded meetings, but this is all part of the master plan. Once we are in the space and collectively can grow together. And I absolutely hundred percent agree with you. Knowledge is power and people love it. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's all about who you are. You're either a leader or you're not, and it's okay to share and, and to teach and you, you get some fulfillment out of that. Cool, man. So speaking to teaching, I'm going to throw out an invite um, to Samir. Uh, we'd love to host you in Omaha to our team building workshop. Anyone that comes on as a podcast guest, we actually make that available for free. Normally, the, the charge is $2,997. Uh, hanging out in Omaha, it gets kind of cold this time of year. I think it's probably cold up in your area as well. But uh, November, December, we're actually offering a 50% off cold weather discount. And that's only November, December of 2017. So people can come check it out for $14.97. We've been averaging groups of 30 agents. Usually it's a top agent and their ops manager or their attorney or their outbound caller, whatever the case might be. And we spend a whole day action-packed, just like this podcast, 12 hours of content. We end the night with a nice steak dinner. Everyone loves Omaha Steaks. And then uh, it's tons of Q&A. You get to spend an hour with our success coach, an hour with our ops manager, three hours with me. I mean, is a really great event. So if you want more information on that event, you guys go check it out at uh, EliteRealEstateSystems.com or JeffsWorkshop.com. So I'm curious, Samir, other business ventures um, outside of residential real estate and lead generation, which is the only thing we've really spoken to today, where would you recommend our national audience puts their disposable income? Because you've got all these agents all over the country making all this money, and 20 or 30 years later, they have nothing to show for it. So if you had a couple hundred thousand every year, a couple million every year of disposable income, where would you choose to put it? Well, I can tell you from, by example, because I believe that, you know, sometimes we're like hamsters in a hamster wheel, because if you don't, you're only living from paycheck to paycheck and you've already spent your commission check by the time you get it. You know what I mean? 
And if you want to be successful in this business, you definitely have to diversify. Uh, I think looking into the market, having a good financial advisor, uh, looking into bonds and, and different type of stocks that are out there, something as a small part of your portfolio. I think obviously being in real estate, you own two and a half or 3% of every property. So you should definitely look at the buy and holds, buying a property, renting it out, buying a multi-unit, doing some development, maybe finding some partners together to put some cash together and getting involved in a, in a transaction. Um, you know, outside of that, I really like, I mean, I have other ventures myself and other businesses, uh, but it's, you know, I don't want to give too much advice outside of what I know, which is the stock market and, and real estate. Um, other than that, you know, maybe buy yourself a nice, I think you should go to your team building uh, event in Omaha. Invest in yourself. That's a great answer. That's the number one place where you should put your money. But honestly, I've heard Matt Johnson, you and I were talking to someone, it's been almost a year, I think. And they said that they invest 10% of their net income into themselves, uh, going to events, mm. reading books, meeting with coaches, you know, 10%. So, I mean, that's, that's a lot, a lot of top agents make around a million dollars a year spending a hundred thousand. And I looked back cause I was like curious. It challenged me. And last year I've traveled 90 days, about 50 were business travel. And I spent well over 10%. Um, I think I spent about $150,000 last year. And of course, that's speaking events and that's everything added up. But the, you had a plane flight into that and all of that. But for anybody yeah. thinking about growing, you know, Samir shared a lot of things today um, on how he's chosen to take his path. And, you know, I think sometimes we sit back and say, oh, that's great for him. I, I'm going to do it a different way. And I think that's fine as long as you're doing something, you know, action action, action. And oftentimes people get stuck on these podcasts. They get stuck reading a book or being motivated by a speaker, but then they don't do anything with it. So do something, take that first step, no matter what it is to adding teams within teams or spending a little more on Legion. Dude, this guy's spending over $60,000 a month. What a great example of someone that trusts the process. He built it. He inspects what he expects. I think you've been an amazing guest today, dude. You've knocked it out of the park for a lot of us. And I would love it. If you did come out to the workshop, we can spend an additional day I'll take you to do whatever you want to do in Nebraska. We do duck hunting. We can race cars. We can do whatever. But uh, as long as you have a big jacket for me. I got a big warm coat for you, man. Uh, you can stay at my house. Um, would love to have you out here, though. Appreciate so take, take a look at the dates and see if much. it's something you'd be interested in. And, um, and vice versa. Hey, right? Anytime you guys want to come, see time here. That'd be awesome. Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. How, how do people uh, reach you and keep you in mind for referrals in your area, Samer? I mean, I, obviously, you can look me up online. You, I'm very easy to be found. Uh, you can email me anytime at sk at onerealestate.com. That's one real estate spelled out, sk at onerealestate.com. You call me anytime. And my number, if you want, 301-385-0049. Easily reachable. Call me anytime. I'm your friend. Awesome, man. Yeah, and that's well, D.C., really Maryland, Virginia. So if anyone's thinking yeah. about joining a high-level brokerage slash team, he sounds like they are the team there. Also, if you're looking to send out any referrals, please be sure to refer them that way. Sounds like they'd be willing to pay a pretty nice referral fee to you, but we'll allow you guys to negotiate that. <laughs> thank you, guys. All right, guys. All right, so thank you, everybody, for watching. Make sure to subscribe to the show and share it with uh, with another fellow team leader or broker that would find this valuable. Uh, if you're not already subscribed, make sure to do that on YouTube, iTunes, or Stitcher, depending on whether you want the video or audio versions. And uh, as always, we're coming to you every week, every Wednesday at the same time, so make sure to tune in right here on Facebook uh, and then catch us on the backside on uh, on YouTube and iTunes and all those places where you can get the, uh, the rebroadcast. And uh, other than that, we'll, we will see you guys next Next week.